Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. I hope you're ready to jump into part two of I Was Made For What? I Was Made For What? Last week we talked about going with who you have and how the presence of God is really a big deal in your life. You've got to have the presence of God. That starts with salvation, but it really ends or leads to you giving your heart to God. When God has your heart, he has all of you. That's what I was telling our kids this morning as we close that worship. When we come, we say, God, I give you everything. That has to do with our heart. Our heart touches all that we have. And so then wherever your treasures, that's where your heart will be. And so then when you give God your heart, that means you're allowing him to touch every part of your life. And so then giving God your heart, if you missed walking or going with who you have. You need to catch that message from last week. Today, we get to talk about going with what you have, and that's a gifting. God says he has gifted you, and so if you're taking notes, you can write that down. If you are a believer, you are gifted. Everybody say gifted. There's a big difference between gifted and talented, okay? This is, we don't have a talent show in the church. We have a gift show, and we get to display those gifts so we can build the kingdom, and so this whole series is tied to the Great Commission, which says go Make it better, build people, and do it in my name. Do it in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so on that, as we talk about going with what we have, you need to know that a promise that God gave you is is in John 1.12, and it says that you have the right or the authority to be called children of God once you believe and receive that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so then today you're adopted, and when you're adopted, you're gifted, okay? And so that when you're born, everybody's born with talents, but when you are born again, you are gifted. Everybody say gifted. All right, then. So a couple questions we want to answer today. How does the perfect gift, there's only one good and perfect gift in the whole world, it's Jesus. How does the perfect gift of Jesus come to life in me? That's the first one. The second one is, how does receiving and believing Jesus help me make a difference? Not just in my life, but for others, for kingdom's sake, for heaven's sake, right? And so I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. The gift of of God and and the gift that God's placed inside of you is really three parts. God gave you his son. His son redeemed you. He gave you grace. And with that, you get his spirit in you when you pray to receive Jesus as your savior. And so then it's kind of three part there. And so if you're a believer, you're gifted and your gifting leads to your purpose. It leads to your production. That's kind of a spoiler alert for next week. And so if you believe in Jesus, you have everything that you need to accomplish where he has placed you. That's a promise. And so now God doesn't want to ever waste anything. He doesn't give you a gift that you're never going to use. So don't think, well, I have to do this if I'm going to be gifted or called or or whatever. And we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 today. So if you're in your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians 4, and that's where we're going to to be all day long, okay? And in in the gift that God has given you through his spirit, what you need to know is he's not going to give you something you're not going to use, but he does expect you to use what he's given you. He does expect you to use what he's given you, right? And in Ephesians chapter 4, this is Paul, and he's encouraging the church as to who we are called to be, okay? And what he's saying is we need to maintain unity in the Spirit. We need to go as one. And regardless of rank or ability or gifting or confidence, that we are to go, and we are to go with one common focus, which is Jesus, and one common cause, which is the kingdom, okay? So let's jump into verse 4. 
It says there's one body of believers, that's you, we call that the church. There's one body of believers and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Everybody say one. This is where we're going. This is who we're called to be. This is Paul encouraging us. Verse 6, he says, one God and one Father of us all who is sovereign over all, that's every one of us, and working through all and living in all. That's God's spirit. That's that threefold thing we just talked about. So then as we jump into going with what you have, I want to talk about talent for just a second. If you want to write a point down, this could be point one. Everybody's born with talent. Everybody is born with talent, right? And so we need to shine a light on that. We all have abilities and capabilities that can benefit mankind or the human race, okay? But you don't have to be a believer to be talented. You just have to be born. Everybody is born with talent. And there are a lot of non-believers who are super talented, who are making a great difference for the world. And that's what you do with talent is you make a difference for the world, right? They move the ball forward, but... A gift is really different than a talent. Gift is different than a talent. Talents do not translate to kingdom impact. Gifting does. Gifts do. And so then in the Bible, it would say a gift is an ability given by God to believers that is specifically designed to service his people for the expansion of his kingdom. And that's so powerful. I'm going to say it again. A gift is an ability given to you by God. It happens when you receive his spirit. That is specifically designed to service his people, for the expansion of his kingdom. At the root of the gift that God gave you, it's called a spiritual gift. And sometimes that weirds people out, okay? Don't let that happen to you. It's called a spiritual gift because that's where you get it. When you believe and receive, you not only get the Son, you get the Spirit. You get God's Spirit in you. And so your gift is given to you by the Spirit and it's used by the Spirit to accomplish God's spiritual purposes on earth. Did you guys get that? And so then, used by the Spirit to accomplish God's spiritual purposes on earth. So now you see why last week was so important, God's presence, and not just the decision of salvation, but the decision to give God my heart. I need His presence in my life if I'm going to make a difference, because we're talking about what we were made for, okay? Now, the reality in this is if you are not in tune with God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit, then it may be unclear what gift God gave you. It may be just a little bit unclear, or you might know what gift God gave you, but you're like, mm, not so much. I'm not ready, or I know it, I'm just not using that gift spiritually, okay? Now, your gifting was not given to you to do earthly things, okay? It was given to you to accomplish spiritual things. The Bible says that we are three parts whole. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally, or mentally, however you want to tie that to the Bible. And so then we like to go a lot in the physical because we love to chase metrics as American people. It's what we do. It's what Western culture is. How much can we get done in the time that God's given me? And that's great. And, you're, and you are good to go in the talent that you have. But God's gifting is not to accomplish physical things. It's to accomplish spiritual things. It's a spiritual gift. This is the difference between being talented and being gifted. Being talented is physical, being gifted is spiritual. So then once we believe that we're gifted, we can begin to use what God gave us to make a kingdom impact. So Matthew 6 says, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. How does that happen? It happens through the church as we all use our gifts to make a difference. Does that make sense? So then to be clear, your gift builds your kingdom, 
God's gift in you builds the kingdom. Okay? Your talent builds the earth. Your gift builds the kingdom. And what's funny is we take classes, and we go to seminars, and we get our masters, and we get our doctorates, and we listen to podcasts, and we build careers based on talent. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. What I hope that you see today is that the talents that we claim to have and that we pour into and that we build become giftings when we believe and receive God as creator, savior, and authority to walk the face of the earth. And so then what God gave us is spiritual, and we use that talent. That talent now becomes a gift, and then we use it to make a difference where we are. Tim Tebow does this probably better than anybody. Well, Tim Tebow is a pro athlete. He sure is, or he was. He's not anymore. He's a speaker. He's really expensive to get. We've done that before. But what Tim Tebow does or what Derek Carr for the Raiders does is every time he has the opportunity on the platform that he is in, he uses it to make a spiritual impact. You're not going to see those guys not once denounce Jesus in front of anybody. As a matter of fact, they're going to say, thank God. Let me tell you about my friend Jesus is what they do, right? And so then talents become gifts and either can make you money. So this is not about money and this is not about saying, well, you should, you know, you do that for money. No, it's not about that. Your talent, what God's placed inside of you becomes a gift when you receive his spirit because that's what his spirit gives you. So then, talents disconnected from God are strictly used for physical impact, but when we believe, we gain a spiritual responsibility. We gain a spiritual responsibility because we are gifted spiritually. So then sometimes your talent, when turned into a gifting, can become profit. I gave you a couple examples, but for example, my talent was in the football and the strength and conditioning world for a long time. And that was my talent. When it became a gifting, that's when I became a pastor. Now, I've had that call in my life forever. But the moment I realized that, I'm, that, that God has allowed me to add life and bring value to people, that I am to build people, that was when I took the step to get out of coaching and into pastoring. So then your talent, which can become a gift, can pay you money, and it's okay if it does. It doesn't always happen that way, though. So now, what we need to know is what we see as talent, God sees as a gift. And he wants you to use your gifts to build the kingdom instead of your kingdom. Now, he wants you to be successful, but the best way to be successful is to go with him and to use what he gave you, okay? And that's the physical, spiritual difference between talents that build our kingdom and giftings that build the kingdom. And so when we believe or we choose to operate in our talents instead of our giftings, that's when we kind of feel that pull to do something more. I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. I should be getting paid more. And I expect more earthly gain for what I'm giving. That's when you know you're going in a talent as opposed to a gifting. Gifting doesn't always make you money. Gifting doesn't always make the most money. I'm sorry. Talent, <laughs> talent doesn't always make the most money. Gifting will always make a great impact. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. So, you don't see your talent, if you don't see your talent as a gift, you'll never tie it to anything spiritually. It'll always live in the physical realm. Does that make sense? And so then, if you want to make a spiritual impact, operate in the gift that God's given you. Because when you go to heaven, you're going to stand before God, and he's going to say, what did you do with all of that, what you call talent, that I call gifting? He's going to ask you that. And we could put together several situations that could probably arise, but that's what you're responsible for. You're responsible for what God gave you once you become a believer. Remember, you're not gifted in something that you don't like or you're not good at, so God's not going to ask you to go there or do that. 
right? He's going to ask you to use what you have and to go in that ability. So then, know that God wants you to use everything that you have where you are to make a spiritual difference for kingdom impact. So then, to lock in point two, you are gifted. You are gifted. You cannot be a believer and say that you are not gifted. You are gifted. This is Ephesians 4, 7 through 8. It's just the next two scriptures. And here's what it says. Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, that's what grace is, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately. So then God has no favorites. We talked about that last week. But in different ways in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. Everybody say gift. Therefore, it says when he ascended on high, when he went, he led captivity captive and he bestowed gifts on men. You are gifted. You are gifted. And in verse 11, as we go forward, this is a beautiful picture of what leadership in the church looks like, okay? So don't let this scare you away. We skipped over a few verses, but here's what he says. And his gifts to the church were varied. The church is us, the body of believers. He himself appointed some as apostles. What is that? Special messengers or representatives. Some as prophets, those who speak a new message from God to the people. Some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation. And some as pastors and teachers to shepherd, guide, and instruct. That's lucky me. I hold that seat. Okay? Now, for what? Verse 12. For what? And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, the church, God's people. He did that for us. Four works of service. Everybody say service. Sneak peek at point three. To build up the body, the body, that's us, the believers, the body of Christ, the church, until we all reach oneness. Everybody say oneness. That was the opening scripture that we would be one hope, one God, one, 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 that we would be oneness in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Growing spiritually. It's a huge point. Growing spiritually. We wouldn't just come and sit on a Sunday, but we would actually take steps to grow spiritually, to become mature believers, reaching the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness, and exercising our spiritual gifts together in unity. Everybody say one. So then, what you see in this scripture is gifts are to empower the church. Gifts are given to empower the church. And the church's job is to invade the communities in which we live to make a spiritual impact. That's on us. Everybody say us. And so then we do that, and we invade those places in our businesses, in our circles, in our houses. We lead our house first, okay? If your house is in order, it's going to have to be hard to get anything else outside of your house in order. But we do that on behalf of Jesus. That's what Ephesians 4.12 is telling us, okay? And in that, the truth is your gift is the most powerful when it's being used to make a spiritual impact instead of make a dollar. Now, if it does both, that's a double bonus. God's giving you a double portion, good for you, Okay? Now, your gift is to equip the saints. When you look at verse 12, what you see is your gift actually helps and serves us first, and we grow and we build it here, and then it makes an impact out there. And so then your gift is to equip the saints for service so we can make a spiritual or kingdom impact in our city. So the reality, if we're going to go to point three here, it would be you're saved to serve, not to sit. So then being a believer, a Christian, being gifted is a seven-day-a-week deal, not a one-day or a one-hour-a-week deal, right? God didn't save you to sit. He saved you to serve so that we could be one. If the scripture's still there, thank you for leaving that up, Karina. You're amazing. 
so that we could be one, right, in him and be part of bringing God's kingdom to earth. It's what it says, that we would grow spiritually. Now, it's easy to hear all of this and think, oh, great, God has a job for me to do. That's not it. God doesn't have a job for you to do. He has a responsibility for you to walk in. It's called accountability. That's what we're called to as believers. As a matter of fact, it's why many people are leaving the church. It's because we've not been accountable as believers to do and be and go with and where and how God called us to go, right? And so then you have a responsibility. It's not a job. It's a responsibility. And it's a responsibility internally to the church, to each other. It's why we gather. And it's externally to the world using the gifting that God placed inside of you to go and make a difference and take these invite cards and pay it forward or bring somebody else to church with you, right? And so what happens when you do this is your gift turns into ministry. Oh, no. I just said another word that sounds a lot like work, right? Not that type of ministry, not professional ministry. Ministry in the fact that you go and you use the gift and that God placed inside of you to make a difference where you're at. That's called spiritual impact. That's the ministry I'm talking about. That's the ministry I'm talking about, that type of ministry. So being a believer, being gifted means that ministry is in all of us in some capacity. And so we've all been equipped for ministry. That's what Ephesians 4.12 says. Once we believe, we've, we are called to go, right? We've all been equipped for, for ministry, maybe different levels, but for the same spiritual impact, for the same spiritual impact. That's hard to hear, but if it's not ministry, so let's kind of pull this together. If it's not ministry in the church, and if it's not ministry where you live, work, go, or be, it's simply a job that you do for money. And that's okay. We're just trying to tie spiritual impact to what God's given you. Everybody say, I got it. So once we believe, we have responsibility to build, okay? Here's how that works. God called you into existence. He called you to be. Your next decision that he gives you freely is to decide to believe. So we be, then we believe. Once we believe, it's our responsibility to become mature followers of Jesus and become one with the body. Be, believe, become. And once we do that, it's our responsibility to build. Build what? The kingdom. Not a system, not an organization, the kingdom of heaven. We want to see more people come to Jesus. The reason that we're building is because God wants to see his whole family somewhere. God wants to get his whole family to one place. He wants to get the human race to heaven. So then it's not just about me and what I get on Sundays. It's about us and how we go where we go and where we live. Our responsibility in the body is to use the gifting that God's given us each of them individually, but for one purpose, one cause, one cause, until we reach oneness in our faith and maturity in our belief, is what scripture says. We go back to Ephesians 4, 4 through 7, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the hope, to the one hope that belongs, that's your call, right? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one, one God and Father of all. We sit in a seat today, if your butt is in a seat, that's you, he's talking to you. Uh, of all, one father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, but grace, grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Everybody say gift. You're gifted today. And so God has each of you here for the common good of the kingdom, okay? It's who we're called to be as the church. And he's uniquely placed each of you here with something specific inside of you. You have something I don't. You have something she don't. He has something that he doesn't. We all have unique roles. So then, it's not an agenda. 
It's not an opinion. It's not a point of view. It's not a curriculum. It is a gift, and it's a spiritual gift. There's a whole chapter in the Bible that talks about this, by the way. And it says, we can't all be hands, and we can't all be feet, and we can't all be noses. Because all of those parts of your body have a responsibility. And if we're all one thing, how would we operate? We wouldn't. We wouldn't be the body. We'd be one big, ugly nose, right? How about you? But the older I get, the more I have to trim my nose hair, and you don't want to see that, okay? And that's, in that chapter, it says this, God's placed the parts of the body, every one of them, you're a one, every one of them, just as he, just as he wanted them to be. You're here uniquely, on time, in this place, on purpose, for right now, for this message. And it says, if they were all one part, how could they be the body? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You are the church. We are the church, okay? So then what does God say is the result of operating in our gift and what he has called us to go with? We keep going in Ephesians. It's, it's verses 14 through 16. I think we've broken up into two slides for you. Verse 14 says this. If, if we operate in our gift, then we will no longer be infants. Why? Because we are maturing in our faith. Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Anybody know people like that? You won't be that anymore if you'll operate in what he's given you. Verse 15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love. Jesus is two things. Jesus is truth and Jesus is love. And the gift that he gave you is from the love that he has for you. It's why it's called a grace gift. It's why it's called a grace gift. Grace will get you in the door. Truth will set you free. So you have to decide to live in the truth. Everybody can receive grace. We have to make the decision as believers to walk in truth. Our gifting is rooted in love. Let's continue verse 15. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, that's Jesus. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. We all have a part, even the ones that are hidden. And ugly, those do the most important work, by the way. By every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part serves in his or her gift or her purpose. Everybody say gift. In this, in this right here, in that right there, we can all go with one common purpose, with one common goal. We go in Jesus, the cause of the kingdom. It's spiritual impact. The Bible says the best thing that we can do in serving is to serve in the body first. Why? It's the right context. You're getting biblical teaching. You're serving with like-minded people. You're not going to have a bunch of scuffles in here trying to serve, trying to go in your gifting. And that's why we serve here first. Because when we serve here first, we grow and we develop. And God develops what he placed inside of you. So that when you go and you face the world, and all the things out there that want to tear you down and tear us apart, you have strength to stand because you were first here, planted. The Bible says planted in the house of the Lord. It's easy to get tripped up out there because people have really awesome agendas and really poor opinions and evil and sinful theology exists out there. That doesn't exist here. We plug in here first so we can make a difference. Serving in the church is part of how we build the body. It's part of you being built up. And so we talked about how the church body works together. I want to give you, I'm going to tell myself, here's how your body works together. If you, if you would say, yeah, Dusty, I, I get all that what you're saying, but 
For example, I bought a new refrigerator freezer to put back here. It's about this tall, which makes it a bear to peel plastic off of. And when I bought that freezer, it's dented, okay? I got a really good deal on it, but it was wrapped in this plastic. And I'm here with the kids on a Saturday and I'm peeling the plastic off and I'm getting it ready so we can put water in there, or ice or whatever we need to do for you guys. And, and as I go to pull the plastic off the front door, I go to tuck down real hard. And when I do, the freezer door pops open and just hits me right in the head. And, and I pulled really hard, so it hit me really hard, okay? And if you want to laugh, you can. It's totally funny. And in a split second, in a split second, my body told my brain, big boy's going down, okay? And my feet widened just a little bit, all by themselves. And my knees bent, my hamstrings relaxed, and I bent over, and my, my hands automatically went to my thigh, and I, my left hand goes to my head all by itself. I'm not doing anything. This happens like, like that. And in this time, my sense of humor still works. As Oscar comes to me, he goes, Dad, what happened? And I said, this freezer just about kicked my butt. This freezer just about dropped me. And I chuckle a little bit. I get up and I open my eyes and I'm fine. That's how the body works. Everything doing its part when it's supposed to, as it's supposed to, in unison. I didn't have to tell anything to happen there, it just did. That's the example that Christ gives us of how the church is to work. When we are one, when we're one, we flow. Everybody say flow. So then, if that's what Jesus is telling us, Paul in this case, but if that's what Jesus is telling us, it's who we're supposed to be. Your next step, the challenge for you is to get plugged in. That's the challenge. This is not a bait and switch. God doesn't need anything from you. He wants everything for you. I get to be the guy to spear that on. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And when you get stronger here, you'll be stronger there. But you've got to do your part. And what hurts is it's really hard for a lot of people to get the difference between talent and gift and serving. And serving takes part of your heart. That's one of the ways that we go, okay? Because you're actually giving God some of your time. That's really... That's really more important than money because you're never going to get your time back. You don't get time back. Investments are going to come back. God, that's a spiritual promise. You cannot outgive God. So the more you give to God, he's going to get back to you. Man, when you sow time, that's significance. When you're used to make a difference in somebody's life, a spiritual difference, okay? I'm not talking about changing a tire on the side of the road, okay? If it connects them to the local church, glory. But when God uses you to help somebody take a step spiritually, that's significance. There's nothing greater than that on the face of the earth because the kingdom of heaven grows. So the challenge is to get plugged in. I'm not going to have you check a box today. Your action step is pray, and I'll tell you that here in just a second. September, we're going to start some next steps because the reality is you can sit and wonder or you can actually take a step. And the truth is sitting stagnates you. You grow stale and that attracts mosquitoes and this time of year is no good, right? Sitting will stagnate you. God did not save you to sit. He saved you to serve. Serving stirs you. And the Bible says when you're stirred, it stirs us. And when we're stirred, we go and we do good works. It's called service, right? And so that when you serve, you find capacities and capabilities that you didn't know you had, all because you weren't willing to take a step. Trust God. Trust God and trust what he's put inside of you. And trust him to do that and let him make a spiritual impact through you. The church that, that I'm really good friends with and they have that their mission statement is see what God can do through you. 
See what God can do through you when you're willing to go. The reality is it's not gonna take you long once you actually make a decision to get plugged in. You pro- everybody here already knows or has an idea of what they're good at, right? It's just making that decision. You just need to take a step. And so we all know when the body is working right that it builds itself up, right? That's what keeps you from getting sick, really, isn't it? When your body operates and functions right, but you have to feed it, part of, part of being fed is what happens when we gather, okay? We're at our best when each individual part is functioning properly and doing its part, working in its gift. When that happens, we grow, the kingdom grows, and more people come to know Jesus, and that's a big deal. And so here are your action steps. And I'm just gonna tell you, this is why I want you to go with what you have, and I want you to go here with what you have first. One, pray about serving in the local church. If you're here for the first time and this is not your church, God bless you. I want you here. But if you have somewhere else, get plugged into the local church. There's nothing like the strength that comes when we come together. You know why? It's team sports. It's team sports. This is no different than than your favorite sport. We all do it together and we go through it together so we get stronger together so we can go farther together. Alone, you can't do anything. There's quotes all all through the building about going alone. Pray about serving. I don't want you to check a box today. If I've encouraged you or motivated you, that's great. But I want to see what God wants to do in your life. Pray about, pray about getting plugged in. Then plug in. Then get plugged in. Use your gift here. Here's the opportunities I want you to pray about. This is what we have currently right now. Hospitality. What is hospitality? It's a nice churchy word. Hospitality. That's coffee, but that's greeting. That's helping in the auditorium. That's loving people well. Southern hospitality. Biblical hospitality welcomes people on their terms. Okay. Administrative gifts. That's all behind the scenes stuff. That's probably the most important stuff. Housekeeping. It's a, it's a chore to keep the church clean. I'm telling you right now, me and Victoria do it. Do most, do all of it. Heather helps out sometimes. Our kids do the outside. Housekeeping. Technical team. We want to gain depth on our technical team. If you have technical, there are several people in here who can run that booth better than any of us in here. Do it. See what God can do through you. And then Grove Kids. The one thing about serving in kids or anywhere with somebody of the next generation, we have to do background checks. It's a thick, thorough process to get into, but we need help in kids. If you love kids, God God has put that in you. And you know there's nothing better in the world than to be with kids. Get plugged in. Pray about these opportunities. If you will, say I will. All right, here's the recap. You were born talented, okay? That's physical impact. You were reborn gifted. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you were reborn gifted and you were saved to serve. Why? For spiritual impact, to build the kingdom. You are gifted for kingdom purpose. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like, and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.